Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today I have a special community birth story. I have Candace Bear. She was one of our students at Prenatal Yoga Center. She has now given birth. And she gave birth 11 days ago. So today is April 16th. So smack dab in the middle of this pandemic here in New York City. So Candace is a second time parent and she actually tested positive for COVID-19. So she really has a lot to talk about. She did birth during that time where partners were not allowed in the room and the mental preparation that she did and the questions she asked her care provider, you'll see really helped have still a very, what she calls empowering positive birth story, even though it was clearly different from how she was preparing mentally for this experience. Her work that she did, the preparation you'll see really helped her through this challenge. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's give you a little heads up about Candace. She is the co-founder of Parenthood Together. It's a community of over 15,000 parents who are passionate about raising their children into a healthy and resilient human being. So she's just an amazing person. So we'll get to that conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. I also I also want just to let you know that I was thinking about this the other day. We were able to pivot PUIC's offering to online. I think about 75%, maybe even 80% of what we did before is now online. Our workshops, our support groups, our classes, we've pivoted to online. And I want to thank the community for following us online and still taking it. At first, I'm sure you thought CPR online, yes, we did it. Caring for newborn online, Yes, we're doing that too. Breastfeeding support online, 100%. We got you covered because no matter what's happening outside these walls of your home, this your baby's still growing. You still are he- heading into parenthood and we still want to support you. So we do, we're doing it. It's there for you online. And starting tonight, we're actually starting our teacher training online. Caprice and I have worked really hard on our teacher training through the years, and we've, again, brought it online. And I think it's going to be fantastic. So we are still plowing forward. We have our fall teacher training coming up in New York City, as well as Washington, D.C. So we're still planning and we're still doing it. And then, of course, don't forget, we've got our online shorter teacher training courses, Who's Afraid of the Pregnant Yogi and Teaching the Postnatal Students. So if you have some time on your hands and you want to keep adding to your education as a yoga teacher, we got you covered. And then lastly, I just want to thank all those who have left and written in a review for us. It helps people find us. All right. So take a quick break, take a beat. And when we come back, we're going to hear Candace's resilient, amazing birth story about birthing during a pandemic. Hi, Candace. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Deb. (laughs) I'm so excited to speak with you. All right. As Candace and I were saying before we officially started recording, we're going to be really transparent. Right now, it's a weekday. Um, We both have kids. She has her newborn, I think, in her arms. I have my two kids. My husband's trying to usher out the door. So listeners, you may hear the real life of parents during a pandemic with all of the noises of a family nearby. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. So in case you hear a sound or a cry or 
anything in that realm. Um, and the cry could actually be for my eight-year-old, not her, not Candace's newborn. Um, just so we're, we it could understand. be my toddler also. Many cries, many cries. And it could be me because that is literally the kind of day I've had. Oh, no. <laughs> and then also Candace is reminding me that at one point she may actually have to put her mask on because she's nursing her baby and she has a mask for that. So we'll get into all of that. So sound may change, but the information will be good. So before we really jump in, um, I just am so excited to have Candace online. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll take it from there. Sure. So, um, you know, I've been living in New York now for five years. Um, I met my husband in New York while I was living in Connecticut for my work and, um, you know, made the transition to living here. And since we've had two babies and one of them is a two-year-old, um, he just turned two on April 6th and our daughter was born on April 5th. <laughs> so, um, they're one day apart in two years. Um, but yeah, we've been, uh, we've been living in New York city and, and dealing now with this crazy global pandemic. I I'm originally from France. So I've also been very concerned about my family in Paris. Um, and they've been going through a lot as well over there. So, um, exciting times, <laughs> um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and I don't know, maybe I can dive into more details now, but we've actually not only just had a baby, but we also all had the coronavirus two weeks before I had the baby. So that just added to the excitement in our family. Yeah. I remember getting the email saying like, oh, it's a good thing I didn't come into the studio because our nanny tested positive. I was thinking, oh my goodness, that's, mm -hmm. that's a yeah, lot. That's how it all started. <laughs> so I guess let's open all of this to... Wow. <laughs> First of all, thanks for going into this, but how, how it's been. I mean, I think one of the things as someone that works with the perinatal community, I've been concerned about kind of the mental anxiety around what if I get coronavirus, but now you're living with having been pregnant, given birth, found out that your family has a coronavirus. Can you just... I guess start with how how you're doing about that and then how it affected your your pregnancy, your time in the hospital. We can go well, I can start I can keep feeding you questions, but if just start talking, let's see how it goes. Yeah, so um, I got to say, I was probably one of the most paranoid New Yorkers <laughs> before I got the virus. I literally was ordering masks in February, I think, already, if I look at my Amazon orders. Um, and I was pretty much on lockdown at home uh, maybe two weeks before we officially had a lockdown. Um, and yeah, I, I was pretty anxious. I was really concerned about getting the virus at the hospital. Um, so that was a source of anxiety and, um, you know, eventually, uh, we all started feeling sick at home. Um, but for some reason we were sort of in denial. It's so we had a mild version of, uh, the coronavirus. Thankfully, um, we did have symptoms and sort of checked all the boxes, but until I heard back from my nanny, uh, after six days that she was, she had been ill already, that her test came back positive. I was in complete denial that I had the coronavirus, even though I had, um, the fever for a couple of days, I had the headaches, I had the cough, uh, a little bit of the shortness of breath, but I thought it's the pregnancy. 
Um, so until she came back and said, I'm so sorry, my test came back positive. And then it really hit me. I was like, oh my God, I actually have the coronavirus. My husband and my son have it also. This is crazy. And luckily, actually, we were already enough days in that maybe I was a little less stressed than if I had, than if I had known off the bat that we had it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we had been through a lot of the symptoms already, even though it, la- it really, it's, um, it's a virus that lags a lot. Um, and I still have days where I wonder if I have some residue of the virus. Um, and I tested positive two weeks after I had fever at the hospital. So, um, it's, um, it, it was a strange experience and I, and I'm glad in a way that we, we found out a little bit after the fact that it was the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know, it, it, it paradoxically, it sort of removed all the anxiety of, am I going to get it at the hospital? Because well, I actually have it now. So, um, I don't have to, it sort of took that weight away in, yeah. a, strange, in a strange, uh, paradox. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a very, uh, I mean, it did add a lot of complexity to, um, my birth plans. I was supposed to be induced early, um, because of the, the circumstances of, um, how my firstborn um, arrived in the world. And so that whole plan was, had to be changed because they wanted me to recover from the virus before I came in. Um, and eventually they had to push it back, um, after my due date, um, by a couple days and I ended up having the baby on her due date. So, um, came into the hospital early and not really how we were hoping to do it with an induction. Um, and also with a test, an actual test, because I had never been tested officially, mm-hmm. um, an actual test for the coronavirus. So that was, and it wasn't my doctor. So it, it, it added a lot of, you know, new issues. Yeah. To the, the whole you, experience. How much were you talking to your doctor? So when let's get a timetable, you had your baby, how long ago? So she was born on April 5th, so she's 11 days. Oh my goodness, little munchkin. (laughs) She's brand new. That's amazing. So when you started quarantining yourself kind of two weeks before everyone shut things down, how did you communicate with your doctor? Because usually after 36 weeks, people are seeing their care provider once a week. So Mm -hmm. did you leave for that or did you just do telehealth? How, How are you navigating the end of your pregnancy? I, I did not go anymore. Actually, I already week 37, I called my doctor and said, listen, uh, what do you think? Uh, if I don't come this week, I'm a little uncomfortable. I I started stopping basically all outdoor, uh, exterior activities, like going to prenatal yoga, like going to my chiropractor or the practitioners I was seeing. And I called the doctor and said, you know, things seem to be going pretty well so far. Is it okay if I do not come? Um, and we actually only had a phone call instead that week. We didn't even do telehealth, but she was totally on board with having me stay at home. Um, and we pretty much did that, uh, going forward, uh, except at week 39, she did have me come in because it had been three weeks since she last saw me. She saw me week 36. And um, then again at week 39, 
Um, and for week 39, by then I was suspected to have the coronavirus. So that in itself was a whole ordeal to get to the hospital. They had me come off uh, regular schedule. So I came around 530 um, at night when they were done with all their appointments. They put me right away in a room that was covered in plastic um, and, you know, the doctor just came in, did the quick sonogram. Uh, she was very well protected. I was wearing a mask. Um, and so we had maybe, it was the fastest appointment I ever had at the doctor. No wait, uh, 10 minutes in and out and we were done. Um, so that was the only visit I did after sort of this whole thing started. I'm glad at least you got that. Cause I know one of my friends is 30. Last I spoke to her, she's 37. She's probably closer to 39 weeks. And I think she had her 36 week checkup when they did the group B strep test. And after that, it was just going to be telehealth. So I'm pretty sure she got like a blood pressure cough and a tape measure and it was really up to her to to do these exams and I can and she also is a you know childbirth educator and one of our prenatal teachers I can imagine though if it's your first child this is at least your second so you've had you've been down this you know this path before mm-hmm. but if it's your first child and all of a sudden everything's kind of in your hands I can imagine that being overwhelming so I'm glad yeah, they, I, yeah. that that's so true I mean it, it is hard, you know, and I, I, I'm fortunate that it was my second child. Um, I'm so glad they're now allowing partners again, you know, because that was an added stress. I mean, in my case, unfortunately, I wasn't able to have my partner there because it's an additional threat to the medical staff to have someone who's been ill with the virus, mm-hmm. um, even if it had been two weeks ago. Um, but I, I'm so glad that they're allowing partners. And again, I can't imagine being a first time mom and going through it on your own as so, a second time mom. It was hard enough. I can imagine. So when you started realizing you couldn't have your partner again, now, now a lot of people can, and you just kind of thought about your birth in general, and you, again, you've been through this before. How did you adjust your birth plan and preferences given the circumstances? Were there certain things you're just like, okay, accept, it's just not going to happen this way? And were you able to talk to your care provider about some of your preferences and wishes? Um, you know, I was lucky. I, I have a wonderful doctor that I adore. Um, so she reassured me a lot, um, going into this, um, that being said, I ended up giving birth on the weekend and she was not there. And I was in tears going to the hospital thinking, oh my God, I'm really on my own. I'm not going to know anyone there. It's not my doctor. My husband can't come with me. I can't have a friend come with me. Um, so yeah, I was literally at home and saying, I I don't need to go. I'm going to wait till the induction on Monday, even though I was having contractions every five (laughs) minutes by then. (laughs) You're like this baby staying in. That's all there is. is My husband had to insist for me to call the hospital and say, this baby may be coming. And then by the time I called my water broke and I was like, okay, I can't delay this anymore. It's time to, to get going. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I right away, um, actually, there was a class that was set up by um, this woman. Maybe you know her, Jada Shapiro. Yeah. Um, she runs Boober. And she she had a class um, on birthing on your own. I think it was called Birthing Solo and Strong. And and so I, I immediately signed up for that. Um, that was very helpful. 
Um, I reached out, I have a holistic coach that I reached out to as well, um, from the UMA center. So she, she was able to help me. Um, so I had done a lot of work. I had a very difficult birth for my first, so I had done a lot of preliminary work and I was able to reach out to different, um, resources, um, to get help and guidance on how to deal with this. And, you know, one of the best advice I got is to think of my daughter, as my partner in this and that I wasn't alone and that it was the two of us. And that really helped a lot mentally. Yeah. I've been saying that in class too, about like, you already have your teammate there. So Mm -hmm. your partner can't be, you guys are doing it together. What else did you, I love that you worked with, you took Jada's class. She's fantastic. Was there anything else um, that really assured you because there, even when you have a partner, there might still be times that you're alone. You know, if you're getting an epidural, the partner is usually asked not to be there. If you're going in for a cesarean, this time's on your own. What else did you do to mentally prep for the fact that things were just so dramatically different? Um, that's true. And I'm sorry, I'm going to put the mask on yeah. and grab my daughter. Yes, please do. She's, she's starting to fuss a bit. Let's see if she does better in my arms. Um, yeah, so, so that's true. There are, I mean, I never quite felt alone. So I had an epidural for my first and my husband was still in the room. Yes, he couldn't touch me. Um, but he was there. Um, you know, it, 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 um, I was sort of counting also on support of the nurses and the staff there, um, Granted, there's a bit of a distance created by the whole protective gear everyone has to wear mm-hmm. um, to avoid COVID. Uh, but I got to say, the staff was was reassuring and comforting, and and I, I had sort of projected that would be the case because it was a case for my first um, my firstborn at Mount Sinai. Um, so they were. Yes, there's some distance that's created from the whole environment we are in right now. But um, I got to say, you know, the nurse was right there with me for the epidural and supportive and um, and that helped a lot. And I think any mom who has to go through, I imagine all of the hospitals are in New York. The staff is just so wonderful. The teams are just so amazing and um, they're going to be there to support you know, the, the moms, I mean, and they understand how hard it is for us. That's, I'm so glad that they, I mean, as a doula, I've seen the nurses and a lot of them are just absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure there's so much empathy and support they're trying to offer knowing that, you know, this is often not how people are looking at their birth. You know, when people get pregnant, they don't, no one would foresee this. And so I'm sure they're really trying to make up for that. Was there anything else from your birth plan that had to change? I don't like, was, were you able to do skin to skin? I know that you were put in the, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the coronavirus kind of maternity ward, um, or rooms. What, what else might've changed from your experience that you might've not foreseen? So I was pretty much able to do everything I wanted to. Actually, oh, one of the one of the fun surprises and highlights was that I cut the cord myself. Oh, that's so, fantastic. and I didn't expect it at all. It's something that wasn't on my radar. Um, and you know, after she was born, they were like, "Do you want to cut the cord?" And I was, 
I was just so surprised and, and it was so special to be able to do that. Um, so I'm grateful that they even offered it to me because they could have very well just done it. Um, um, but other than that, you know, everything, I think they figured out a lot. At first, my doctor <clears throat> told me um, I might not be able to stay with my daughter. They might have to put her in a separate room. Um, and none of that ended up materializing. They've been a lot better with the protocols, just keeping the moms with the babies. I mean, eventually you do go home with your baby anyway, 24 <laughs> hours <true>. later. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the 24 hours wouldn't make much of a difference. Um, they do test the babies for the virus just to check. They check all the moms as well. So I was tested right as I came in um, to the delivery room. Um, and then they sort of separate people just in terms of, do they have the virus? Do they not? Or are we not sure? There's sort of three floors divided that way. Um, but everyone gets to stay with their baby and I could do skin to skin and I could nurse her. Um, the only thing is I have to wear protective gear with her. So I wear a mask, I wear gloves, um, and you know, we're just careful because we don't know how long people can be contagious for. I've been, I had a fever now it's been <clears throat> three weeks. Um, but who knows, you know, the, they, the convention is you wait seven days. Some people say wait two weeks. Um, but I'd rather be on the more, uh, cautious yeah, side, absolutely. I guess. What was the experience like in the hospitals? I know everyone's doing, trying to do social distancing. So what about the other laboring people? Did you go straight into a room? Was there a triage? Was there a waiting room? Like how did they navigate that? So one of the other silver linings is that you get a private room automatically. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to look at the positives. Um, yeah, so there was no triage per se. I mean, I didn't see any other moms. Um, we were all in separate rooms. Um, and when they rolled me up to the floor, uh, where we stayed after the birth, I don't know if they timed it, but I, we didn't run into anybody other than, um, of course the medical staff. That's great. I'm so glad because I've, again, when I had worked with uh, pregnant people, we could be waiting in the waiting room for quite a while. So it's nice to see. I like it. Looking for the silver linings. So is there, is there anything you would suggest that people ask their care provider to help prepare for what could be different? Is Do you know if it's standard that everyone's getting that straight into the room? Or again, especially if someone's a first-time parent. What might they want to check in with their care provider about before getting into the hospital and just kind of preparing for what that would look like? Well, one thing that I would definitely uh, recommend looking into is um, trying to get tested for the virus ahead of your birth. And that was originally the plan for me. I was supposed to be tested on Sunday and induced on Monday. Um, of course, it's hard to plan for when your baby's arriving. Uh, but as much as you know when your due date is or maybe you have something scheduled, try to be tested before you go to the hospital and not when you arrive because a test takes, for me, it took 12 hours to hear back um, or maybe a little less than that. But it was definitely very long um, and it's a minimum of six hours, I believe, is the fastest they hear back. So. As long as they don't hear back, they have to assume that you may potentially be ill with COVID-19, which means everybody has to wear PPE. You have to wear 
um, a mask. If you have a partner there, um, they, they also need protective gear. So, um, but if you're clear, then that lifts sort of that weight on the whole team and on mm-hmm. yourself. So that's definitely something I would talk about with, um, with your doctor and find out if you can do it maybe a couple of days before your due date. That's a great, that's a great point. How did you prepare mentally for your birth and postpartum, just knowing there'd be restrictions and less hands, less hands to, especially post, especially with a newborn. We can talk about navigating life with a newborn too, but how did you kind of get yourself in that mindset that it's going to be different this time? Uh, Yeah, that's been maybe the hardest to some extent. Um, Originally, we had planned to have um, my mother-in-law with us and our nanny, of course, with us. Um, so we've just been, my husband and I and our two kids, and um, and we're kind of quarantined within the house because we don't want my daughter to be exposed to my uh, my son's germs, possibly. So we've sort of separated. We're, it's the four of us, but it's really two and two. I'm in one room with my daughter, and I'm pretty much taking care of her 24-7. And my husband takes care of our toddler. Um, and it's been hard. Um, you know, I try to think of it a day at a time, an hour at a time even, and say, okay, this is temporary. You know, one, we're going to be over this sort of contagious um, window. And also, you know, she's going to grow out of eating every two hours. Um, but yeah, I think, um, reaching out to our family and our family's been reaching out a lot and having video calls and just trying to, you know, feel their love, even if it's over video or Mm -hmm. calls has been really, really helpful. Um, my my dad's been also very supportive. He's in France, but he he's been very supportive, calling a lot, and he's he's not that type of person normally. So, I think a lot of people understand how difficult this may be right now, and we've just had an outpouring of support um, from from family and friends. That means so much. I know that you and I are in a little different, clearly different. Like the fact that. Um, you have an 11 day old. <laughs> That's a big difference. But I would say I'm noticing the same thing about support from family. My kids are a little older and they're, they're really having a hard time. And I found that my mother and my mother-in-law has been so helpful. Phone calls just to check in. It feels great to know that people are trying to be supportive however they can. Like my mother-in-law will literally be on the phone with my kids for like an hour and that just gives us a break. So I think a lot of families are really stepping up and trying to help where they can. So I, I feel the love for you. So that's that's great. I did want to ask mm-hmm. um, about the your uh, 11-day-old and the doctor. So we're going to take a super quick break. And we came when we come back, let's talk about how your new baby can still do checkups with with your pediatrician. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. So I know with my first, we were at the pediatrician a fair amount. So how are you navigating that? So I'm guessing that your baby had kind of a checkup right before leaving at 24 hours old. Um, how are you? How are you working with that? <laughs> 
So um, I'm not sure how the different um, pediatrician practices deal with this. I, I've heard very different things. Um, my pediatrician um, has seen our daughter twice already. They saw her to the day after she came back from the hospital, and they saw her this week on Monday. Um, oh, so you are going out with her to the doctor. So, so we are taking her there. Um, we, you know, we wear um, a face covering and they wear PPE. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've checked on our daughter um, just like they would basically um, on any normal uh, in a normal environment. Um, oh, that's good because I heard some pediatricians are closed right now. One of my friends told me that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Or they're doing telehealth and I'm thinking a newborn might need more like, um, they may not, do they, you know, checking their weight to see how they're doing it. And then, you know, then it's on the parent to check diapers. So I'm glad though, that you're still able to get that support. Did, were they able to help you with breastfeeding at all? Or has that not been a problem? You know, I, I think just, um, you, you bring up a great point. I've also heard that some pediatricians are closed mm-hmm. or not seeing the children. And that's probably something worth checking out, I guess, for anyone who's expecting a baby soon is what is the policy at your pediatrician? Will they be seeing your baby or not? Will they, will it only be video? I had planned for the possibility that they would not see her. So I bought like one of those newborn scales to track her weight. Um, that's a but, great idea. Um, but yeah, um, it, it, it is true that we're hearing a lot of pediatricians in New York seem to just do video or, or no visits at all, I guess. So yeah, something to check into, um, before maybe having the baby. And tell me a little <laughs> bit about your postpartum at the hospital. So, you had and again the postpartum is pretty in and out. Like twenty four hours later, <laughs> they're saying thank you, <laughs> see you later. Yeah, I hope to not see you for a while. So <laughs> once she was born, I love that you cut the cord. Were you able to do skin to skin? And then when you moved to a different room, just tell me about that whole postpartum experience. Yeah, so um, I did cut the cord. She was on me. Um, the nurse took photos. <laughs> Um, so a lot of it was just, um, you know, what I would have wanted in in any case, just be able to hold her, nurse her right away. Um, and I was able to hold her when they moved me to our, our room, um, on the coronavirus floor. (laughs) Um, but she, um, she was with me the whole time and, um, and that was, that was really great. I, one of my biggest fears was that I would be separated from her and that she wouldn't she wouldn't have her mom for her her first days in, in her life. And so I'm glad they changed that um, that policy. And um, you know, 24 hours is really short, but at the same time, you're, you sort of want to get out of there. It, it is a bit of a weird, you know, surreal experience with everyone covered in um, two masks and a face shield and the blouses. And, you know, the, the, they have to go through a whole protocol every time they come into your room and every time they leave, they have to remove everything, which is great, but it, it's sort of this, um, a little strange, um, 
dynamic going on. And it, it is a bit lonely because they can't, um, it takes a lot of work for them every time they want to come into your room, mm-hmm. having to use all the gear. So, um, I think if you're, if you feel good, um, it's very welcome to go back home after a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that being said, I know that if I wasn't feeling well, I could have stayed longer, Um, They were very diligent about checking that. My daughter was ready to go home, and I was ready to go home as well. How did you handle the loneliness? Because I can imagine being, were you able to talk to your husband on the phone and do some FaceTime and stuff? I could imagine there's this like high and low, like you just had a baby, like, and you have all that amazing adrenaline and you want to talk to your partner and then, you know, then you see your son and and at the same time, then you hang up and you're by yourself. So can you talk yeah. how that was? I'm sure that was a roller coaster. So uh, one of the things they offered, um, I did not do that, but it was a possibility was to have my husband there during labor and delivery over over FaceTime uh, or, or some sort of video call. Uh, I didn't choose to do that, but I did call him immediately after she was born and he got to see her and, um, yeah, it was very emotional. Um, you know, again, I think the fact that the stay is short, you sort of see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, you're tired. You're just like, I'm going to try to rest a little bit for one night. Um, even though it's very hard to rest in the hospital, in my opinion, um, and, um, and try to hang on to that. And I was looking for it. I know I knew my husband and son were going to pick us up the next day. Um, and so just looking forward to that first introduction to our, to our daughter, um, and holding on to that. I love you have a very positive attitude. (laughs) I think that's very helpful. Just in general, very positive attitude. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, having uh, been through this recently during this unusual time, what advice or support would you like to give fellow parents? We'll be right back. Okay. So... Again, you've been through this. You also have been through another. Um, we can actually let's open that door too before we get to that. You, your first birth wasn't, I'd say, straightforward either. So, <laughs> um, you have a lot to draw on. So, anything from parenting, but especially right now, how do you think your background of uh, becoming a parent twice can help support someone facing this this right now? The, um, you know, I think that the spiritual and mental aspect of it is huge, especially right now. Um, it was harder, I have to say, for me to manage my pain this time. Um, maybe because I was on my own for my first, I had my husband and I had a doula with me, um, so, so maybe being on my own and feeling restricted because, um, I did have an IV in, I had a monitor in, um, you know, as much as you can prepare mentally and spiritually to handle the pain, my sort of process handling pain has been more through movement, uh, and I was very restricted. So, um, that made it a little harder. And, and I think if, you know, someone can really develop that sort of strong mental um, ability to, to manage the pain. That would be very valuable um, 
in in these times. Um, <clears throat> I think you know as much as you can. Um, plan ahead and talk to all the people you would count on normally, right? Did you have a doula? You could still work with her. You could still have her be there, uh, whether it's physically as your, as your, as your support person or remotely. Um, you know, I, I had a whole crew host of people. I had, like you said, a very difficult birth for my first, we had sort of this rare fluke, uh, problem with him when he was born. And, um, because of that, I worked a lot on, on how this birth would go, uh, way ahead of this whole pandemic. So I had, a obviously I had my doctor, but I had, um, prenatal yoga that I, I started going to very early to your studio. Um, I did pelvic floor work with a therapist. I saw a chiropractor. I worked on the second stage of labor. I thought that was very useful. Um, actually at your studio, Deb with Chantal Traub. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think she still offers that. I think that's very, very helpful. And to, okay, how do you push um, efficiently your baby? Um, and so trying to, um, use all these resources and know that you can also have people connect with you even remotely. Um, that would certainly be something I'd recommend to, to any mom who's going to have a baby soon. I love that you did so much preparation because you know, not all of it was, you were able to utilize like the doula, but when you do that, one feels more confident and that's just going to help, even though the circumstances were dramatically different than I'm sure you had pictured upon getting pregnant again and doing all this work, you still did the work. So you still had that confidence and you had those skills. So I'm sure that helped, especially because it was just you and your baby, you know, as a team working to move your body and help her navigate her way out. So mm -hmm. that's, that's amazing. And I think that's really great advice. And, and, you know, we talk about this in prenatal yoga, a lot of it's mental too. Like if you keep telling yourself how awful something is, it's going to be more awful. But if you can rally and find something to manage and help you get to that next moment, it's going to be easier. So I, I love the advice you gave about the mental game behind it because you didn't have an extra pair of hands to like rub your back. So mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's great. Is there anything else I want to make sure I get to talking about your company and your fundraiser? Is there anything before we talk about that, that you want to share about your experience or to pass on to new parents? No, I think we've covered most of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the way you, um, you rephrase it on the, the confidence aspect is so true. And, and that was huge. And I did feel like empowered by, um, you know, all those interactions I had with specialists before I went into the birth. Um, so, so that was very, a very good way to put it. Oh, good. Yeah. You definitely did your work. All right. So you have an amazing company and a fundraiser that I think is really important right now. Will you talk about that? Yes. Thank you so much for, for, um, letting me broach that. So, um, my company is called parenthood together and we're actually, um, a community of 15,000 parents, mostly in the New York area. And, um, my co-founder and I, we've just been very, uh, moved by all the efforts of our medical workers on the front lines since this whole ordeal started with the pandemic. And so we started a program where we support small business restaurants and we help deliver meals to the staff 
um, at the ER and um, ICUs in the, in the hospitals in the New York area. Um, so we've de- delivered 3,000 meals to date. Um, so we're very excited about that and we're getting, um, a lot of, um, positive feedback from, from the medical staff that it's been so comforting for them to get this, uh, support and be able to take a break and have a warm meal and, and feel like they're being cared for. Um, so we're looking for more donations and any amount is helpful, even if it's $10. I know we're all kind of struggling right now. Financially, these are difficult times for a lot of us, um, but if you can spare a small amount and go to parenthoodtogether.com, you'll see our fundraiser, and um, hopefully you can help support uh, our initiative. That is great, and I will make sure we put the link in the show notes so that people can go and help and support. I want to thank you so, so much. I know that you, I can't believe it, when I reached out, I'm like, Candace is never going to say yes, her baby is so young. And you said yes, you would talk to me. So... <laughs> I'm just so appreciative that you carved out a little bit of time and I'm just, I think it really, your story and your amazing attitude will really help others that are so anxious about what they're facing. So thank you for sharing and thank you for your time. All right. Thank you so much, Deb. Happy well. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.